I'm so proud that we sent our children to Puerto Rico to do some rebuilding. I'm so proud of that. I'm so proud of the determination of Jorge and Edna and Mike and Katrina and all the adults and Marta who put together a beautiful trip. When I think about the work that our teenagers are doing, I, I can't help but reflect back to when they were little people, little teeny tiny people. Um, almost all of these guys that grew up in this church have some connection to being baptized by me or rocked to quiet by me. Um, Mart um, Amanda took out some moms the other day for a mom's day out, and they were exchanging pictures of, you know, when your baby was baptized by Jackie. And that made me feel so happy in a time when I don't feel so happy. And I want to tell you, this morning in, in worship, the joy of the music almost soothed my soul, but I've been a bit heartbroken this, this week, these last couple of weeks. Um, just frankly, guys, with the burden of, of the world. Um, I have a big antenna, and when things are sad, it makes me sad. So getting through these sad times happen because worship just rocks and makes me have a Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost, show enough, hallelujah moment. Last week with the queer black men. Woo! Today with our, our celebration of Latinx History Month and, uh, and all the beautiful things in that. And in between those highs, in between those highs, I've had some deep lows, not, not because of anything except the world's on fire. And I was really trying to hold that in this morning and not go there, but I, I just want to be able to be more honest about that. Like, um, I was blessed to be able to be in a movie uh, screening this week of a movie called um, uh, For All Seasons, Good For All Seasons. And it's a beautiful film by a woman named Jackie Oliver. Um, and it is about lynching in America, the history of lynching in America. And they sent the link ahead of time, so I could have watched it ahead of time, but no. Who had time to watch it ahead of time? So I go to the movie theater and watch this movie, and it kicks me in the gut. It's the most beautiful film of the most horrific stuff. And Jackie doesn't hold back. She's not, like, disguising the images of bodies hanging from uh, trees and charred and women and children and black folks lynched uh, killed, murdered, because they're black. Just simply because they're black in a, in a world that does not love black bodies. Um, I, who believe often I'm a good speaker, was like <laughs> up there on the stage because I was just heartbroken and could hardly catch my breath. And you think it's really far away, like you think it's for another time, you think it's for another place, except it was August in, 20, in 2014 when Claudia Lacey's son, Lennon, was found hanging from a swing set. A 17-year-old kid hanging from a swing set. The police were so absolutely inept that they, they didn't do a good job of, uh, of collecting the evidence. Um, and in fact, though his body was beaten, though his face was bruised, though the belts that held him up on the swing set did not belong to him, they ruled it a suicide. And so Claudia is still looking for answers. She's still looking for, for justice for her baby. And then just a few days ago, um, just as you know, you're just trying to look up and feel some joy and love, a dreadlocked young girl is held down 
by two of her friends on a sliding board, it sounds like, and they cut her hair off because they could. Listening to Imani Perry on NPR this morning talk about the lives of her little black boys in this nation where every single day black and brown people, every single day Muslim people, sick people, the sick policemen killed, every single day, todos los gentes that are not seen to be centered in the nation are in danger. And I'm telling you, that's heartbreaking to me. So I'm, I'm holding that in the midst of, you know, bomba. I'm holding that in the midst of the joy of the music. I'm holding that as I try to think about what God has to say to us this morning from this beautiful scripture in Isaiah, where Isaiah believes so much in the power of, of, of what little people have to teach us about God's kingdom, that Isaiah mentions it in three scriptures, not only in this one in chapter 11 that was read so beautifully today, muchísimas gracias, um, but also in chapter 9 and also in chapter 65. And, and when we put these things together, this beautiful picture of what, what has become uh, commonly called the peaceable kingdom, Isaiah's describing a, a way, a time, a place where a little person, a little child will lead us to peace. A little child will have so much peace inside, so much ability to catalyze peace, to wage peace, if you will, that animals that are normally at enmity, like lions and lambs and tigers and bears and, you know, the, the, the people who are carnivores and who are predators, that relationship is disrupted. And instead, there's peace on the holy mountain of God. Instead of waging war, this, this child that is sent into the world that we as Christians interpret as Jesus, but maybe, maybe, maybe there's another interpretation as well, like maybe it was Cyrus the king who liberated the Jews and sent them back home. In our prophetic sense as Christians, we think of that child as Jesus who, who will be called wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, a child who will bring peace, who will teach peace, who will gird his loins in righteousness, who will put on his boots and work for the rebuilding of God's reign on earth right here, right now. And I think, yeah, Rabbi Jesus got that straight because he says, if you want to know what the kingdom of God is like, you, you need to look at the children. In fact, if you don't turn and become as a child, you won't know what the kingdom of God is like. And in fact, in Jesus' time when children had no regard, no status, were treated a little bit uh, only higher than, than enslaved people, the disciples tried to keep the children away from Jesus and Jesus is like, no, let, no, let, let them come to me, don't hinder them. Because they've got something to show you, they've got something to show you about what it means to love. So I think I've learned the best lessons I've learned about God's kingdom from children. From Dominic, Natalie and Gary's baby, who before he could really talk would move through the whole sanctuary, would not skip you and would say peace with you and leave you smiling. From the giggling and gurgling and delight of the children playing with dolls and trucks and blocks over here, I learned about the kingdom of God, the joy. Joy and happiness are hard, hard to delineate sometimes. 
But joy is like the thing you have when you know, though there be a rough time, light will make a way through the cracks in the darkness, that a community will hold you and love you. That's joy, and they've got joy. They remind us that the kingdom is about joy. I hardly ever talk about Ophelia in my sermons because, you know, that's not fair. Uh, she's not a prop, if you will. <laughs> but man, oh man, oh man, when Gabby sends us a video of her singing Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star and dancing, or she's obsessed with Titus Burgess's 45, and she's just dancing and stomping, and she has no fear and no worry, and she's full of light and love, and I think, oh, I'm learning about the kingdom watching Ophelia grow up. She and my little godson, Miles, will swap cookies and potato chips and hug each other and give each other juicy kisses because they haven't yet been taught anything except love, right? Just, they like little people, they see little people, they're like, you're my people. Yeah, I see you, you're mine. And they give you a wet, sticky kiss. They, they haven't got no issues yet. This is pre-biting, this is pre-slapping. <laughs> this is pre-pulling your hair because you make a noise and I don't like it before they are taught anything about struggle and competition, they just love with reckless abandon. And they teach us about, about, waging, about waging peace. <coughs> Ophelia walks down the street in Harlem and waves at everybody. And yes, she's an extrovert, but she has no guile. She has no judgments. She just has welcome and acceptance. Our little ones in here are sometimes shy, and that's good too. <laughs> They're teaching us about boundaries and safety, and don't be touching me yet, I'm not ready for you. They're teaching us about how to, how to wage peace. And so Isaiah describes a child who comes and breaks through the darkness, breaks through the enmity, breaks through the junk. A child who, who carries inside their body, inside their person, a, a dream of righteousness, a dream of healing, and is able to impart that. And if that's Jesus, then we got to notice that, that God picked a poor one, un pobrecito, to come. Poor and homeless, a refugee baby, a baby born in a scandal, a baby born on the outside, able to change the whole world. That baby changed the whole world with his light. Before we learned to suspect each other, before we learned to judge each other, before we as adults learned to not like the ones who are not like us, before we learned to shut down our bodies and, and close out any noise that didn't sound like we had already decided it or come to that conclusion, before we wrapped ourselves so tightly on our own tribes, we were little like those little ones. And when we were little like that, we were wide open and able to transmit love and light through our lives into the world, and I'm wondering how we get back to that. I'm just wondering, how do we get back to the little us? How do I get back to little me? Y'all saw that crazy picture of little over by Jackie in the social media. 
How do we get back to the, the, the pre-biting, pre-kicking, the pre-judgment, the pre-you're-not-my-people? How do we get to the you-are-my-people because you're all my people? Open-minded spaces. And what were you passionate about when you were the little one? What, like, stoked you up? Where was your justice? Was it the environment? Was it animals? What was it? Somebody tell me. What lit your fire? <coughs> the beautiful planet. Music. Poetry. Your truck. Okay. Good. My easy bake oven. What? <laughs> And I still love to cook. What? Where were you? What? What was your passion? Protecting your brother. Protecting your brother. Dancing in the yard, reading, reading. Writing. writing, singing, nature, fear, what? Theater, theater. Your chemistry set. <laughs> Scary, but okay, good. <laughs> what can I blow up? Was that you, Ron? Trees. Trees. The creek. Huh? The creek? Yeah, I love that. Caring for people in poverty. Dogs, cats, and you thought you could do something, right? You thought you were magical? Donald Winnicott says that every child needs to have a period of an illusion of omnipotence. If I cry, the bottle will come. <laughs> it will come magically and quickly. <laughs> and it will be warm. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> and if I'm wet, oh yes, that one with the wipes will show up. <laughs> and I will be clean in a jiffy. Even if I continue to poop, they will keep doing their thing. That the children need this period of time where they feel like they can do anything, be anything, disrupt anything, manifest anything. And we lose that too along the way. So what if we could find our way back to the, to the guileless boundary Porous boundaried, see you and see myself, can't wait to give you a juicy kiss, magical, I can do anything person. And if that person felt called to protect the children and work for the, against the poverty and care for the animals and care for the planet and use chemistry to find cures for cancer, not to blow up the world, what if we could get back to that and we then are the little child? Our little child inside is the little child. You feel me? The little child inside you is a little child called to lead. The little child inside you, your little person called to lead the world to peace. Without cynicism, without, oh, Lord, I don't think I can. But what if we just jumped back to small, vulnerable, magical feelings of power? Please, let's do that. Please, let's find our inner self, our inner goodness, our inner visionary, because the stakes are really high. And, you know, Greta Thunberg, I don't know why everybody's picking on her, but she's calling us out. The children can't be the only ones who lead us to peace. 
Little boy in Puerto Rico has raised $160,000 to make sure that people get solar lights and washing machines, but nobody's going to give them really a credit card, you know? They need some adult support, right? Can we please find our way to love the world enough, to love each other enough, so that the little ones watching us aren't thinking about how to cut off somebody's dreadlocks? aren't thinking about how to stab a boy on the street. They're not thinking about how to wage violence, but they're learning from us how to wage love, how to wage peace. I am so devastated by the political junk and the permanence of racist, white supremacist ideologies. When I was watching the lynching movie, I wasn't sure Ruby was going to come today, but I was thinking Ruby only wasn't lynched because Jonathan jumped in front of the gun. We only have Ruby Sales not lynched because somebody sacrificed his life for her. And maybe we don't have to die to save each other. Maybe we could just save each other because we love hard enough. Does that make sense? Can you join me in this kind of vulnerable space of finding our inner power and turning all of what you have toward love and justice and peacemaking? Because I think we're in the worst hot mess I could ever imagine. And I think what I didn't know how to say this morning, earlier, is just how doggone urgent it is that we find passion and get away from apathy that we work for justice even as we seek joy, that we wage peace now, like our lives depend on it, because it does. We're going to keep going to Puerto Rico. We're going to keep working on the border. We're going to keep standing up for LGBTQI people. Courts are messing with that right now. We're going to keep standing up for the value of black lives, and we're going to keep understanding that Todo la gente, toda la gente, toda la gente somos, son, son, todos, todas las gente son las, son nosotros. Kindergarten Spanish. Not bad though, right? Okay, okay, okay. Todos somos nosotros. Amen.